So my my favorite one uh, was uh, Biden saying, uh, I want everyone to have fun tonight, but please be safe. If you find yourself disoriented or confused, it's either you're drunk or you're Marjorie Taylor Greene. <laughs> I did see that one. That was really good. I thought it's that just, was a pretty good one. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I mean, obviously he didn't write it, but he delivered it perfectly. He did. Yeah. I mean, and I've seen some of his other speeches recently where I've been less than impressed, like even understanding that he's got a speech impediment. Mm-hmm. I, I've seen some where he does really, really well. And lately I haven't seen very many of the good ones. It was good to see that he was doing really well with this correspondence yeah. dinner. Yeah. And I, I especially really liked that. I, I think, I think there was one time that I noticed, I think he called Kevin McCarthy, Ken McCarthy, but that could have just been uh, a small stumble. Right. But during the, the really earnest part of his, uh, of his speech um, or performance, whatever you want to call it, uh, when he was talking about um, the the importance of uh, of journalists and yeah. having you know free uh, free uh, you know jur- journalism uh, industry, um, I, I don't think he stumbled even once, um, and it was it was. Uh, actually, very, very touching. I, I felt. Um, I don't know. Maybe, maybe touching is is too, too melodramatic of a, <laughs> a, a descriptor. But it, uh, it hit when home. The president talked about journalism. It just got me right here. <laughs> I mean, it did. I'll yeah. be honest. It kind of did. <laughs> I was, you know, I was tearing up. I was like, yeah, we do need to, you know, support a, a free and an open press. I agree. I mean. And I think there needs to be, if anything, more more competition. Have you seen that um, video that went around a couple years ago where it showed different news stations um, that had the same thing? And they were all saying basically oh, yeah. the same thing. Because they're all owned by one umbrella company. Right. And so you've got like minor Fox stations, minor CBS, minor MSNBC stations, like just local news stations that are saying the exact yeah. same thing word for word. It's crazy. And it was, it was totally, because what they were saying was like, uh, you know, the, the importance of having, you know, independent right. uh, news station <laughs> and stuff. And then you're like, oh, this actually seems weird because it's yeah. you know, this big yeah. like uh, I, conglomerate I, of local news. Right. And I'm not like a big fan of people trying to say we live in an Orwellian state. But when I saw that, I was like, yeah, ooh, yeah, I was, yeah. I, was, I was like, maybe, maybe I'm a little wrong. I don't know. Yeah, it was like I think Big Brother had something to to say about this. <laughs> Big Brother Rupert. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Uh, anyway. Uh, welcome to the first episode of Agreeable Disagreements. Uh, it is a podcast where two friends from high school who love uh, arguing talk about um, uh, recent events in politics. Uh, I'm uh, Andrew Schmunk. This is my co-host, Cameron Stockford. Um, and we uh, uh, we wanted to do this because uh, you and I... Um, tend tend to sit on opposite sides of the aisle. I'm, right. uh, you know, liberal Democrat. You're uh, more conservative. I, I, how would you describe? Oh, your that's a great question. So I, I mean, I was raised in a very strong Republican household, and majority of my family is still uh, Republican. Mm-hmm. Um, that being said, I would say that my family life growing up was always. Federal government, very strong Republican, but local government, what are what can we do here? What needs to be done here? Um, mm-hmm. And I would even say, based on what you see today in the rhetoric, I and I don't want to put a label on my parents or my family members that they don't think applies to them, but I would say I was raised in sort of a center-moderate Republican household by today's mm-hmm. standards. And I would say even since then, as I've been an adult... I'm not a registered Republican because I don't like a lot of the things that they say and do, but yeah. I, I mean, just, especially the last few years, I, I would imagine yes. that's, but I've never 
in my life had a point where I thought I could be a Democrat at the same time. Right. Because <laughs> right. there's just too many baseline policy disagreements um, that we can talk about over the course of this entire series of everything. But I would say at this point, I'm like either a libertarian or a right-leaning independent. Right. I mean, that's, that's essentially kind of, uh, at least from my point of view, that's always kind of been, uh, your, your preference. It's just that I think that the Republican party has shifted so far right that they've really started to alienate a lot of the, the more moderate, um, the more moderate people who, you know, maybe in the past would have described themselves as, you know, definitely Republican. But now right. when you have, you know, people like Marjorie Taylor Greene, it's, you know, it's not the the same party as it was even 10 years ago. I, I agree. Um, but I would say that the Democrats have done the same kind of thing. The difference is. I don't know if there's a whack job that's Marjorie Taylor Greene level saying stuff that's as crazy and problematic as she does. But I would say the left has moved just as much, if not more so. The difference is right presentation. You know, on the right, Right. you have some of these crackpots that even the Republicans are like, we don't, she does not represent us, you know, whereas the Democrats, even though. I think they are further to the left than they ever have been. Um, yeah. I also think they're presenting it in a more sane way, which makes it easier to swallow, makes it easier to um, present in news media. But I also think, I, I would say of the two parties, I would say the left has shifted more. Really? I would, and I, and it's it's because if you look at what Republicans, when people say the Republicans have shifted, a lot of times they're looking towards the extremist groups, right? We're looking at the far right, but when you actually talk to a lot of Republicans, the general consensus is that those people are crazy, we like the same thing we liked 10, 15, 20 years ago, and that's part of the problem is that they haven't really updated a lot of their policies with some of these new times. Yeah. And so... I think the whole world has shifted towards the left and as the, well, not the whole world, but maybe the entire United States, if, if the entire society is shifting in the same direction at the same rate, but you have a single party that's staying in about the same spot, it's going to look like they're moving to the left, to the one side. Okay. I, I think I can see what you're saying. So because the, so overall, uh, and correct me if I'm, you know, well, yeah. I'm just trying to, uh, reword what you just said so you know to make sure that i understand it um a lot more people a larger percentage of the population has shifted left but the people on the right that have shifted to you know the very far right have shifted um are 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 maybe more of a minority of you know what we would consider the right but they're more vocal and they're getting more attention. So it makes it look like the entire right has shifted. Right. And I think you could make the same argument for the democratic party too, that the vocal groups on either one are the ones who are going to get the attention. Yeah. But I think for me, it's more about the core base of each party. When you look at what Republican core base, just the standard average Republican, what they're saying now is not really different than anything that they were saying under Bush. You know, they still had that same pro-Bush fervor that they have for Trump. The only difference is Bush was, like him or not, more of a likable person. Yeah. And I think Democrats, when you look at the changes in Democratic policy, what was the norm? It has shifted significantly. And that's the core group of Democrats tend to, I would say, and I don't want to say they're all extremists, because they're not. But what what I'm trying to say is the polarization has happened more from one side than the other. And I think as evidence of that, we can look at people like Bill Mayer, who, when we were in high school, he was like one of the most left-leaning TV personalities out there, or close to it. He was like a champion of the left. And now he's like left of center, but his opinions, his positions haven't really changed a lot. Same with uh, Piers Morgan. um, And that 
one British comedian who's got the big teeth, and I see on TikTok all the time. I can't remember his name. Russell Brand. Can't remember. Oh, Russell okay, Brand. Yeah. You know, if you were to tell me our senior year of high school that the day would come when I, as someone who is right of center or right leaning, would look at Bill Mayer, Russell Brand, and Piers Morgan as voices of reason, I would have laughed yeah. in your face. Right. And I think that that would speak to the shift. So for me, I've never, um, I, I don't know a whole lot about, um, Piers Morgan and yeah. Russell Brand's politics. I know a little bit more about Bill Mars, but not a whole lot, but I've never honestly been a fan of, of, uh, any of them. I mean, I, sure. I like Russell Brand's comedy. Oh yeah. I think, uh, I think he's a, an insightful individual. I don't necessarily know if I, you know, agree with everything that he says, just because I don't, I don't really know where he stands. For me, what I've seen, the shift that I've seen is the shift from, um, and this may not even be, you know, a shift further to the left. It's just a shift in, it's more of a linear change. Sure. Um, the shift from people like Nancy Pelosi or, um, gosh, who else? Um, trying to think of other prominent Democrats, but yeah. basically, you know, the old guard of the Democratic Party to the new up and coming Democrats like uh, AOC. Right. I was going to say Ocasio Cortez, right? Yeah. And, and, Personally, I, I like that shift. I think that um, particularly because um, she is uh, from from much younger generation and, and I think much more in tune with what it is that um, that millennials and Gen Z who are now coming into you know voting age, um, she's much more in tune with the things that matter to those generations and to, you know, to a certain extent, that. Yeah. Uh, Gen X as well. And I think, I think that there's, a, um, I think that, it, uh, like when you look at, uh, Pelosi with, um, certain, certain policies seem to be a little archaic, I think. Yeah. And I, I I wish I could think of something specific, but um, well, I would say like maybe her tax policies. Yeah, yeah. Her tax maybe. policies are very much 1990s <laughs> right. Democratic Party, right? Right. Um. Anyway, uh, should we move on to our big topic? Yeah, and I wanted to say, like, on that note, you know, this idea that we're seeing of groups shifting one side to the other is why we're doing this, right? Because mm-hmm. as we're seeing, whether one sh- one side is shifting more than the other or not, there is shift going on, and there is polarization going on, and I think that's... Yeah, I, I think we're more divided than ever. Right. I would I would almost agree with that, just because... I don't know. No, I would I would agree with that. My only thing is like looking at like the Vietnam era with all those protests. Or, or maybe the Civil War. We were pretty depressed. Oh my gosh, yeah, the Civil War. <laughs> oh, please. But that wasn't necessarily about politics. That was more about human rights, uh, which is a com- Yeah. Which I mean is arguably a similar issue, but I would say that's, that was I mean that's a political issue, but it's a very specific right. one And I would say it was not a clear-cut Republican versus Democrat thing, and I would also not say the Republicans of the 1800s represent the Republicans of today, just like I would not say that the Democrats of the 1800s represent the Democrats of today. Right. But this polarization, I mean, how often do you see people online who just can't talk to each other? Or oh, yeah, I mean, it's, will it's not constant. talk to each other? Oh, it's ridiculous. And that's kind of why we did this, right? Was because you can have these conversations and disagree with people and still be friends. I did the math earlier today. We have been arguing about stuff for 15 years. Oh, wow. (laughs) Right? Because I moved to Thurston High School sophomore year. Right. So we would have been about 15. And I don't know when your birthday is, but I just turned 30 a few days ago. (laughs) I just turned 32 weeks ago. There we go. All right. So Happy belated birthday. I can't believe I missed that. Likewise. Happy belated birthday. I don't really make a big deal out of it. So, 
Um, Anyway, but that's that's why we're doing this. And when you were talking about the old guard and how we're shifting to a younger party, and I think that is good, and that's something that I wish the Republican Party would do more. Mm -hmm. And I've started seeing a little bit more of that, but the Republicans that they're voting for... Like freaking George Santos? Oh, dear God. Or, or Lauren, Lauren Boebert? I don't know much about her, so I can't say. I, I don't want to well, speak to that. <laughs> her uh, her nickname uh, that I saw, uh, I forget who was, I, th- I think it was maybe on Reddit, uh, but I think it's very apt. Uh, her new nickname is Clanny Oakley. <laughs> She's kind of, uh, she is uh, oh all about her guns. She is uh, just totally unqualified to be in this position and we could we could go much further into this and i'm sure we'll bring her up uh but i think um if you judging from i think my understanding of your view on marjorie taylor green i don't think you're you would be a a big fan of lauren bobert probably not just because i see her name thrown around in a lot of the same stories it's like marjorie taylor green said this and then lauren bobert and i'm like at yeah, I don't care about this article enough to keep reading. I don't want to read about yeah. the crazy people <laughs> as much. Right. Um, but that whole transition that we're starting to see from like the older generation to the younger generation is part of what I think um, the big topic is because we're we were going to talk for this bigger topic about reelections. Right. We've got this upcoming twenty twenty four presidential campaign, and I cannot believe that more than a year out. We already have people campaigning for president, but you know what? I really? Was, yeah. Because I, I, I'm surprised that it it took them so long. I feel like maybe, everybody maybe it's knew. because it's a foregone conclusion, right? And I think that's why. I think it's because everybody expected Trump to announce that he was running again, and everybody expected right. Biden. Um, but and so I think that maybe is why we're thinking. Why did it take so long? But. Do you remember in high school, we had AP Gov with Mr. Pinder, and he talked about how we were all like, it's almost a full year before Election Day. Why are we already talking about running for campaigns? And he said, watch, within our lifetime, within the next five, ten years at least, we'll see people campaigning more than or almost more than a year out. And now here we are a year and a half out from Election Day. And we've got campaigns going. Yeah. Like, he nailed that. Well, isn't there... uh, I seem to remember something about there being some kind of, like, stipulation on when you could actually officially announce that you're running. Hmm, let me Google that. And I, I, I don't... I could be entirely just, you know, making that up in my head. But I, I seem to remember there was something about, you know, you can't... Maybe it had to do with fundraising or because, uh, I mean, if you didn't, it would make sense that, like, you know, after 2020, Biden would start fundraising immediately or Trump would start, you know, fundraising immediately. So I don't I'm, I'm not granted. I'm looking at just the top results here. I don't think that there's any limit on how far out you can announce. And I mean, let's be honest. We had that announcement from Kanye a while ago. Well, yeah, but who expected him to follow any of the rules? (laughs) I don't know, man. I'm still down for Kanye 2024 for no other reason than just to see what would happen. (laughs) No. (laughs) I'm not actually serious about that. Thank God. I mean, (laughs) got to strap my Yeezys on. All right. Um, I got students who wear those things, man. They are ugly as sin. All right, so Trump announced a bid almost two years ago, almost two years before the 2024 election, according to the Washington Post. Okay. Um, So that would have been, what, like six months ago? Yeah. Hold on. Let me, it's making me try and subscribe. Because, I mean, if, if the election's in November 2024. Right, then that would have been sometime. Well, I think he announced that he was probably going to run and then he had his official announcement. Right. Um, okay. So Trump announced, yeah, he announced November 15th, 2022. Okay. But he's not the first one. The first one is actually John Delaney. Oh wait, no, sorry. That's, I I was misreading the table. Trump was the first one, um, for this season. 
And then you sure Nikki Haley, John Mulaney announcing his new comedy, comedy special? special, which I've heard is fantastic. I, I really liked it. It's it's definitely a departure from what uh, his other ones have been. But when you yeah. watch it, it'll it'll make sense. Okay, this is not an endorsement for Netflix. <laughs> it is, however, an endorsement for John Mulaney. <laughs> yes, fantastic anyway. comedian. Today's episode is brought to you by Hubris. Do you have an idea for a political podcast? Despite having no podcasting experience and only a pedestrian understanding of the American political landscape, try Hubris, providing white men with undeserved confidence since the dawn of time. So, yeah, Trump announced uh, November 15th, 2022. Since then, we've had Nikki Haley announce. um, Okay. And she announced on Valentine's Day of this year. Okay. And then this looks like it was published. Yeah, this was published in February, so it doesn't have Biden on here yet. Um, But I don't think, yeah, I don't think there's any rules on campaigning for president in the United States. But I know in some countries they do. Like, um, I don't know if this is true or not, but a friend from Germany, when he actually came here, was like, I don't understand why you guys do this for so long. In Germany, we only do it for six months leading up to Election Day. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's much shorter, and um, I don't know if it has to do with the fact that they also have a lot more parties than you know. I'm sure that helps. Republican Democrat dichotomy that we have. Um, yeah. But yeah, you you uh, it's it's a much shorter race. And I feel I well I not I feel I wonder if. If we did something similar to that, if we would have had this much polarization, because when you think about it, even though Trump didn't announce his reelection until 2022, mm-hmm. it's been talked about for the two years leading up to that. You know, we've oh, been absolutely. people and, and even during Trump, there were people talking about Biden running, you know, so even though they weren't yeah. officially campaigning, it's like we're constantly thinking about the next election not yeah. the one that we're currently in. And I think part of that's that's part of the problem. Well, I th- I think Trump even had like a you know, quote unquote campaign rally while he was still president. Well, I mean, he was running for re-election or do you mean like after after I, election day but before swearing in? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That could or, be or very or very shortly after he left office, but he he hit the ground running, uh, trying to you know capitalize on the um, what's a polite way to to word this uh, the fire that he lit under his constituency. Yeah. Butts. Okay. I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. I mean, because if you've got that energy, capitalize on it while you've got it. I mean, yeah. Like or in his case, him, please don't. I mean, hey, like him or hate him, that's, I mean, you got to respect that hustle right there at the very least. Mm. <laughs> respect is a strong word. Wow. That's a t-shirt right there. Respect yeah, is a there, strong there word. That's our first, uh, our first <laughs> bit of merchandise. Right. Ugh. So Biden announced re-election. Let's start there. What do you think? Right. What do you think about Biden announcing his re-election? Um, I mean, like we already said, it was a foregone conclusion. We all knew that he was going to run. I don't see anyone else. Um, I mean, I'm sure there's there's going to be other Democrats who, you know, run against him in the primaries. But I, I, I think we all know that Biden's going to get the nomination, barring some, you know, like some completely unpredictable uh, event. So um, have you not seen that the Democratic National Committee says that he's running unopposed? Oh, no, I didn't. They're not even letting debates happen. No way. Uh-huh. Okay, I don't like that. Because <laughs> because here's, here's the thing. The, one of the things I, that I think that's really important about the primaries is that, I mean, obviously – Debates are important because it lets you know who the candidates are, who, you know, who's going to support 
um, like, and right now I'm talking about, you know, between Democrats and Republicans in the general election, you know, which is the candidate that's going to support and, and make the policy decisions that you would most like to see. Um, Right. And, you know, it's, it's sometimes that that's a fairly easy um, decision. Sometimes, you know, there's a little more nuance and, 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 you really have to kind of dig into, you know, your priorities as a voter. I think that's that's even more true during the primary election because all of the people are on the same side of the aisle. The big overarching issues, most of them are going to, you know, more or less agree. The difference is I think it's really important. It, it's it's kind of a a maybe a litmus test for, um, you know, what, what do we need to focus on, not just as the individual candidates, but as a party, you know, whether it's Republicans or Democrats, but what do our constituents really want from this party? And, And you get that a lot more, I think, in the primaries than you do the general election. I agree. So not having him or having him run unopposed, I think basically means that the platform that he's going to run on is, or could, could be just a rehashing of the same platform he's had all along. Now, what I will say, one thing that I do like about Biden mm-hmm. is I think, I mean, he has a very long political career and I think he is um, he has done a really good job of not staying stagnant in his positions and changing his his uh, his mind and his policies um, when it when he realizes that it's it's time to he's he's not afraid to say yeah I believed this at one point but now I you know I understand it a little bit better and I I now take this position and it's you know he's not he's not just sticking to his guns right. because he wants to be right he's actually trying to you know be um progressive not in the in the political sense but in the you know progressing with his learning and and his uh his understanding of of these issues right i yeah i can i can see that so while you were talking, I, I looked it up, alright? I double-checked it, because I didn't want to say something that is purely wrong. So, it's not that they are not allowing anybody to run against him, but the Democratic National Committee is not going to organize any debates. Oh, okay. Well, still, I, I feel like right. that's that's just as bad, because that's where we... That's where they get feedback. Right, and, and that's, that's where we can see, you know, oh, you know, I agree with him on on this and and the stuff that he's saying, you know, when he releases like a, a a statement to the press or something. Right. But I think it's really important that that he be challenged on some of these other ideas. Right. Well, I and think we don't Im- have that unless there's yeah. debate. Well, I think it's important to note, too, that just because the Democratic National Committee isn't organizing the debates doesn't mean that there won't be any debates. For all we know, CNN could say, hey, we're going to organize one ourselves. Um, That being said, I mean, the the national committees for each party are kind of the big people who push for these debates. Right. So, yeah, I mean, Robert F. Kennedy Jr. and Marianne Williamson, according to Vox, are not happy (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> They're yeah. not happy with it. Um, so, but, you know, I think... Let me ask you this question. So you've told me, like, what you think about him running. You've told me what you think about him running on a post. But I want to know, like, yes or no. Do you like him running? Or would you prefer somebody else? Um, let, me, let me start by saying I think that Biden is one of the most effective presidents we've had. Um, I really like that uh, what he's done with um, undoing a lot of the uh, the climate change uh, 
things that Trump stripped away, uh, in particular the the Paris Agreement. Sure. Um, I really like uh, that he codified uh, same sex same sex marriage into national law. I think he handled um, he's handling the situation in Ukraine very well. He's not getting us you know too deep into it, but he is supporting them. Um, and I think rightfully so. And I also really like what he's done with, um, uh, student loans. I I think he's made a lot more, he's made a lot more impact on that than probably any other president. What I will say, I think we need, I, I, I am worried about his age and I don't say that because I, I'm worried that he is, you know, going to be, you know, feebly minded. I, I think um, I think that's a pitfall that a lot of people fall into when they talk about his age, because, you know, by the by the end of his second term, if he is reelected, he'll be 86. Jeez. That would make and him the oldest lot elected of, president, right? Because Reagan yeah. was wasn't even that old. Yeah. Yeah. He's the oldest, uh, the oldest president we've ever had. I will say, I think a lot of people um, take that criticism of him and turn it into, oh, you know, he's his mind's going to be slipping. And I think we've seen pretty definitely uh, after the um, after the 2020 election mm-hmm. that a lot of those, uh, a lot of that rhetoric was actually uh, just Russian propaganda that was actually pretty effective. More what I'm concerned about is I think that we need, I think it's time to have some more diversity in this leadership position, but all leadership positions, because without, um, you know, without representation from a diverse, uh, diverse group of leaders, we really can't address as effectively things like systemic racism, the gender wage gap. Um, all all different kinds of things. I mean, all the reasons why diversity sure. is a good thing. And I think it's time for us to have somebody who's not an old white man. So I would rather have somebody else run mm-hmm. than just, you know, have another old white man. So I think that is hilarious. Not that you hold that position, but just the fact that in the 2020 election cycle, right, leading up to... Biden's election. That was a big thing I heard. Like, we're all tired of old white men running the country. And I'm fine with that. I don't have a problem with that opinion, that baseline. I just thought it was hilarious that there was so much no more old white men, no more old white men. And then everyone voted for the old white man. Yeah. <laughs> I just, I thought that was hilarious. Yeah, because because I think, you know, to his credit, he does have a lot of experience and he's effective. He was effective as a senator. He's a he's been effective, whether you agree with his decisions or not. Right. He has gotten a lot done in his presidency. Um, I think, uh, you know, there there maybe were some other he, he definitely wasn't my first choice in the 2020 uh, primaries. But I mean, given the choice between him and Trump, there's really no choice there. So. Let me ask you this quick question. Who was your top choice in the 2020 primaries? Um, With that whole jigsaw puzzle of candidates that the Democratic Party yeah, presented. I don't, <laughs> I don't really know. It's honestly, um, and I know I just said, you know, it's time for us not to have an old white man. Uh, I, uh, and this is in contrast to me in 2016 when I did not. Uh, really support this candidate. Um, not that I, you know, was against him. It just wasn't yeah. my first choice. But I, I would have liked to see Bernie. Okay. All right. Um, I think I think he had You're a feeling much, the burn. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I I just think that uh, he was very aggressive about a lot of policies sure. that I really wanted to see change. In. I will say, and, if there's any old white man that I think could still handle the pressure, stamina, and energy needs of the presidency. It would be Bernie. Like, if there's yeah. anyone who I would look at and say, yeah, that man's still got enough go, get going, you know, kind of levels of energy that we need as in a leader, it would be him. Granted, yeah. 
some of that energy I feel is like get off my lawn energy, but it's still, I think we need a little bit of that. (laughs) (laughs) You know what? Yeah. It's not a bad thing. Right. I think, uh, I think his, his ability to get, um, you know, to, to display righteous anger is, is unmatched and very useful. I don't like very many of his policies or his positions, but I will say that is true. I think Mm -hmm. he's very good at, being respectfully angry and respectfully disagreeing, but also still like he doesn't sugarcoat it. You know, he's not right. going to try and be like, well, you know, Miss Taylor Green, I think what you're saying isn't correct because he's going to say, shut up, lady. You're not saying what's true. You're just, we're not going to listen yeah. to you. And I think he's, there's he's not needs afraid to, to call be, people on their BS. Right. And there needs to be a, a place for that. Um, I would never vote for him. I, I don't yeah. think I could rightfully, as someone who has studied communist history professionally, right, especially with Eastern Europe, right, my focus in grad school is Eastern European modern history, right. I, I don't think I can, in any right state of mind, vote for someone who genuinely believes that on a trip to the Soviet Union... He got to see what life was really like and that it was actually better than what he was seeing in the United States in the 80s. I I am not familiar with that. but Oh, I would, he talks I all would... the time about that, about his trip to the Soviet Union in the 80s where he's like, it actually wasn't that bad. There was tons of this. We had a great time. Like, yeah, but you were being shown around by young people who were finding ways to work it out. Like, I've done some oral histories of people who were the same age at the same time. And right. We're like, was that him necessarily saying this is what we need back here, or this yes. is different than my view of what Russia, what or both, what? both? Okay. He he was saying it's not it's it wasn't nearly as bad as everything leading up to it made me think it would be, but also we could use this. Like he was very much trying to say like this is very much kind of the right way to go. And I may be exaggerating that, but okay. that's my understanding of it. And I don't know. That I mean, I, could... I, I haven't. I haven't seen that. You'll you'll have to. to I'll try and send, send you me, a link um, or something like that later. Yeah, later. But uh, I will. I'll, I'll say. I mean, I I am totally a socialist. Um, I think that you know we need to have single payer health care. I think that we need to have a a uh, a basic um, a, a basic wage. I think uh, welfare programs need to be expanded. I think uh, we should be um, that our taxes need to change so that the people who are making the most um, are contributing the most because they're also utilizing the most resources. Um, those are those are things that I know that he's kind of championed that I really support right. as, as a, you know, li- a fairly liberal Democrat. And I can um, understand the reasoning behind that, right? You should be contributing proportionate to what you receive. And I, I, I'm behind that. Like as someone who is a well-mannered, usually moral, active Christian person, I can understand yeah. that, especially as a school teacher who's trying to get students to, you know, share. Right. <laughs> um, but I feel like this would be a bigger discussion for another time. I, I don't like Biden running again at all. One bit. Yeah. I, 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 uh, <laughs> that doesn't surprise me, but, it, but it tell shouldn't. me why. It shouldn't. Um, you know, I do think there are worse candidates that the Democrats could put forward for sure. Mm-hmm. I don't think he's the worst person who could be president or could be running. I No, do. that's the Republican candidate. <laughs> Is that a challenge? We could. I'm, I'm you don't know specifically about Trump. I know, but we haven't scraped the bottom <laughs> of the barrel yet to get to him, my guy. Oh God, <laughs> don't! You're gonna give me nightmares. Oh man. Anyway, um, I just I don't I don't like his policies for the most part. There are some things that mm. I do like. I I would agree that I may not agree that canceling student loans for everybody across the board is the right decision. But I do like the fact that he has paused student loans while we're Mm -hmm. figuring it out, right? And I do think that there needs to be something that is – I do think there needs to be something fixed about, like, the student loan issue. Because, you know, part of the reason schools cost so much 
is because they understand federal aid's going to come in. And if you notice, every time student loans go up, so does tuition, right? Mm-hmm. And so we've got problems in that kind of zone as well, where part of the something needs to be done. I agree. Yeah. I don't necessarily know what that something is, but I think the right decision is if we think a system is broken, let's not keep using the broken system while we try and fix it. Let's put a pause, assess, and evaluate. I think that is the smart thing to do. I also yeah, think the Paris I, Accords. I, I totally agree with with at least that that portion of it. Right, and I I also think that you know climate change is something that's happening. It's hard for me to look at the wildfires out in Oregon or you know, the crazy stuff happening everywhere in the world with the weather and say climate change isn't a thing. It definitely is. And I, even though I think there's always the opportunity that we could do something better on our own, we don't necessarily need to sign an agreement with the Paris Climate Accords or anything else. We, We don't need that to do well. I think it does show a positive commitment when we do that. Yeah. So I know a whole lot of Republicans are like, oh, he got us back in the Paris Climate Accords. I'm like, yeah, so what? Like of all the things that he's done, that's that's what you're gonna pick at, you know? Oh I no, mean, take care of the planet. Uh. Do, we still have a lot to do to address climate change. Right. Whether or not we we are part of, you know, the Paris Agreement. Right, exactly. And it's it's um I'm not super familiar with, you know, specifics of the Paris Agreement, but but like you said, what it does show is a commitment. And that's that has to be the starting place. Now it's time for us to, you know put our money where our mouth is and actually make active steps to combat climate change because we don't, there may be some debate on this. I don't know if I would, you know, say that all of the debate is valid, but we don't have unlimited amount of time. That's, you know, that's not up for debate. And we don't have an unlimited amount of all of these resources. There's only so much fossil fuels that we can dig up. Right. It's a it's a one way track and we can't reverse it. All we can do is make it better. And and the longer we argue about, you know, just the existence of climate change, the longer we are or the the shorter amount of time that we have to actually fix it so that, you know, we're not living in. Uh, an oven by the time that you right. and I are, you know, Biden's age. I Yeah, and I'll, I'll agree with that. I don't see any problems with wanting to take care of the planet. There might be some yeah. ways that are better or worse. That's a topic for another time. But I don't see any problems with that. Look, Andrew recorded an absolutely hilarious fake advertisement for the beginning of this episode, and I just, I can't compete with that. So what I'm going to do instead is tell you a quick little story about how we shared German 2, but not German 1, which means we had accidentally chosen the same fake German name. You know how, like, in high school, language teachers make you choose a fake name that's relevant to the language or culture you're learning about? We had to do that, and we both chose Johan. So when we took German 2, and he was seated right in front of me, because we were seated alphabetically, his last name was Schmunk, my last name was Stockford, we're right next to each other, we're both Johann, the teacher made him, because his name came first in the role, Johann de Erste, or Johann the First, and made me Johann die Zweite, or Johann the Second. And I'm still, I'm still bitter about that. This episode is brought to you by Pointless Anecdotes. What I don't like about Biden is, I mean, a big part of it is his age. And that's a big part of why I don't like Trump either. I would like someone younger, right? The minimum age for a presidential candidate in the United States, according to the Constitution, is 35 years old. Right. The last time we had somebody even near that age get elected was Kennedy. Yeah. How old was Kennedy? He was, he still wasn't that young. Um, I I think Obama was like 44. Right. Well, let me double check. Kennedy was forty-three, and let me check Obama. Forty-seven. Oh, forty-seven. Okay. Yeah. So I would like to see more youth, if for no other reason than the energy level and mental capacity. You know, not to necessarily say I'm not going to come out and say that Biden isn't all there or Trump isn't all there, but you can't tell me that an eighty-something-year-old is going to be functioning at the same level as a 45-year-old. Yeah. 
I mean, even I mean, if it's I, just physical ability to keep up and stay awake during the nights or to process information quickly. And I'm not saying that it's bad to be that old and be in charge, but I feel like we keep talking about things needing to change in each party, but we're voting for the generation of people who got us these problems in the first place and aren't talking about fixing them. Right. And also, they, I think a lot of them are focused on, and this is a criticism that I have with the Democratic Party. I think a lot of the issues that, you know, the old guard in the in the Democratic Party and just, you know, uh, U.S. politics in general. Right. But those, you know, the, the people that, uh, you know, are the old guard, the issues that they care about aren't necessarily the issues that are the most important to people of our age or, you know, future generations yeah. or even... Yeah, even the generation uh, before us, Gen, Gen X, um, and I think it's I, th- I think it's just I think it's time that we have more of those voices so that we actually can be represented, rather than having our parents tell us this is what you need to be doing. Right now, another thing as well though is I. You brought up how a lot of criticisms of Biden are that he's not all there kind of a thing, but that's mm-hmm. been Russian propaganda. I, not not all of it is. I mean, yes, a lot of it was Russian propaganda. A lot of it was Russian propaganda. But, and but that was, a, that a was, lot of it they is were very effective with it. Right. And I'm not going to deny that. But a lot of it was also him. <laughs> and it, yeah. a lot of it continues to be. Now, I understand, like, I've done public speaking before. I understand you go off script. You're going to stutter, you're going to stumble, you're going to jump around your story a little bit, especially for someone who has a speech impediment. But not right. just that, there's also, like, turning to shake hands with someone who wasn't there. Yeah. I mean... I mean, he's, he's, he's clearly mentally declining, and I don't think it's anything that's his fault, it's just his age. I think we're going to see the same thing if Trump gets reelected. I think we're going to see that. We have seen the same kind of stuff from him. We, the man can't complete a sentence. The, the difference is, and I, uh, it, at the risk of, of being libelous, although okay. if, if this is true, it 100% protects me. Uh, what I've heard from people who worked closely with Trump in the White House uh, is that at the very least, Biden doesn't shit his pants on a regular basis. <laughs> <laughs> now, that is likely from uh, from Trump's alleged history of hard drug use. Right. But if we're talking about mental acuity, I think we can both agree Biden's got a bit of an edge there over Trump. <sighs> You know, I think when it comes to comprehending the problem, I think when it comes to maybe completing a point, but when it comes to, like, awareness of surroundings, I, I would disagree. Ooh. I Just because, see, and here's the thing. I can see where, how you're viewing that. I don't, I don't know one way or the other so, if I agree or disagree what i'm thinking is you see trump at a rally you see trump giving a speech giving a meeting he at least Mm. knows where he is knows knows what's going on he responds to the crowd very well he plays them up like he's performing it's all performative but he's doing it very intentionally very well even if i don't like what he's doing or how he's doing it biden i don't i don't see that from him and now granted i will say there have been several times where i've seen clips that people are saying look he's losing it and it's not like I saw a clip a couple weeks ago where someone he clearly went off script for the end of his speech. And then you can see an aide trying to get him to stay there or come this direction. And he goes the opposite direction. And the article was trying to be like, look, he's losing it. He went the wrong way. And But you watch the rest of the video and he turns around and starts greeting the people who are working in the office and waving to them and yeah. shaking hands. I thought that was unfair. But. That's not the only time something like that has happened. And I don't know that he is always... I don't see a lot of good audience interaction with him. And I think if he goes off script, it just derails. Like I said before, it's been pretty well shown that a lot of that rhetoric was Russian propaganda. There was an active 
um, you know, campaigned by them to discredit Biden based on his age. And I think it's it's really easy to kind of uh, nitpick every minor gaffe. Honestly, I think maybe he's just a little awkward. I know that, you know, there are times when I'm, you know, in public interacting and I'm on it and I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I just have a flow and I'm, you know, finding right. it very easy. Other times when, you know, I'm a little bit too much in my head. Um, it, as far as, you know, him going off script, I think, you know, he is, he is a little bit of a loose cannon. I'll, I'll give you that. Um, I mean, at I least he has a it, script. I don't know that Trump ever exactly. had a script. <laughs> well, and that's, that's the big difference is that at least when Biden is, you know, maybe struggling, if, if you want to use that term, struggling mm-hmm. to make a coherent point, he's staying on the issue and he is trying to make a definite point. Trump yep. is just talking to hear his own voice. And he doesn't actually have any, any, um, position on or or understanding of the issue to have a position and i think that that's very clear from you know the fact that when you know he talks about oh we have the biggest the best he's just using these words that you know are are grandiose and make him feel like he's you know a big important man so my only real point with that is as far as biden goes still um Yes, a lot of it was proven to be Russian propaganda. That was stuff taken out of context. But it has continued. Um, yeah. And gotten more frequent. And even things that are not, like things that are, you can watch him live on C-SPAN. You can watch him live talking to reporters. And he will, like, start staring off into space and start mumbling words together, slurring words together. Not like... Not unlike any other older 80-year-old person who's beginning to lose it. Again, I'm not yeah. saying it's he's doing a bad job. But, I mean, let's compare President Biden to Vice President Biden under Obama. Rarely, if ever, did we see anything like that. Right? Oh, I don't think that's true. Really? Maybe I just wasn't paying as much attention at that point. But I don't... Well, I, I think a lot of it may be that he's more in the spotlight now. So we have more that's of an opportunity fair. to see that. That's but fair. I also think there's there could be a lot of other reasons for that other than, you know, he's losing it due to his advanced age. And that's I'm fair. Not, it yeah. could be that he is losing it because of his advanced age. But I think I think the jury's my, my point is, I think the jury's still kind of out on that. But well, regardless, I th- yeah, I think we both agreed that we would like to see somebody younger. Yes, yeah, I think that's the bottom line here. And I will concede that I don't I've never met the guy. I've not had any kind of purse close contact to him. So everything that I, at least, I don't know about you, have you ever met President Biden? I have not. Okay, so then both of us, we're just talking about things that we're seeing being presented to us, whether it's from right. through some kind of media. Um, so, you know, at the end of the day, we're both doing the best we can with what we got, right? And I think that's yeah. important for most, for most people to realize um, about everybody. Everybody's just doing the best they can with what they got. Trump. <laughs> I feel like this is going to be a much shorter discussion. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I'm going to jump out on a limb here. I don't know that anyone's going to see this coming. I'm just going to say that you don't like him. Oh, no, I love him. Oh, what? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I think he is uh, an abhorrent person. I think he is a terrible politician. I think that he uh, never had any interest in actually being president or an effective president. Right. Um, I think it was just about him stroking his own ego and being in a, a position of power. And uh, I, I would rather see any other person on the Republican ticket uh, except for the fact that I think it's, if he is on the Republican ticket, I think it's pretty safe to say that the Democrats are going to win. I don't know. I don't know. But before we get to that, I, I don't like Trump either. But 
I will concede a few things. One, I agree, he doesn't really talk very coherently. I don't know that I've ever seen him really complete very many sentences. But there have been a few times where he has spoken very coherently, almost like he's broken character. And I wonder how much of what we see is an act to try and yeah. get everything. And and I, I mean, politics at the end of the day, you are going to be performing to one way, one degree or another, but yeah. you know, like take for example, when he's debating Hillary Clinton and they're talking about taxes, he, there's a shift in how he talks when he goes, well, of course I don't pay on my taxes, but it's because of stuff that her friends wrote. It's because of things that, and her friends don't pay taxes either. She doesn't do it either. I'm not doing anything illegal. I'm just doing mm-hmm. exactly what the law says. And he just, he didn't go off topic. He didn't go off task. He didn't do his typical SNL kind of what you see them do about him, which I think is hilarious. Alec Baldwin yeah. and the current guy. I can't remember the current guy's name. Whoever the guy doing it now is spot on. But oh, he, yeah. no, uh, I can't think of his name, but he's, uh, he's a great impressionist. So. Yeah. But I feel like when you watch that clip and then compare it to literally any other clip of Trump talking, it's like, wow, okay, this is, he's thought this through. This is an actual yeah. reasoned argument. So I wonder how much of the rest of it is an act. Um, I, yeah, I, I, can, I, can, I can see that. I will say I, I've got mixed positions on his policies. Didn't like the climate accords thing. Didn't like how buddy-buddy he was with Russia. Um, or North mm-hmm. Korea. That being said, I don't mind the attempt to increase or improve relations with countries that we're struggling with. I just don't know that he was doing it the right way. Um, okay. And I don't like... I did like his tax reform. Basic idea. Not all of it. Not all of it. But I liked that where the taxes were co- the tax cuts came from was mostly lower and middle class people, right? Um, I paid was way it? fewer. Yeah, made, that's I mean, I, I paid much, much more in taxes, the, okay. significantly more in taxes. Really? Because I paid significantly less. Maybe that's a state thing. Then maybe that's states' maybe. issues. But I feel like when it came to like the structural sort of ideas with mostly the tax code kind of stuff, I was more okay with what he was doing. My big thing. My biggest problem with him is that I don't like him as a person. I think he has said and done or claimed to do some pretty despicable things. And whether he actually has done them or not, the fact that he's claiming to do them or the way he talks about them, I I can't. I can't do that. And yeah. I know most of the Republicans that I knew who voted for him, like, yeah, I don't like that side of him, but... As a small business owner, I'm going to be doing well under his policies, so I'm going to vote mm-hmm. for him. There was a big distinction that I don't think a lot of Democrats get between Trump the politician and Trump the man. And I think a lot of Republicans liked Trump the policies politician, didn't like Trump the man, but were okay with the policies enough to vote for him. Yeah, I, I can see that. I, for me, I, I just don't think that he had... It, it's. I mean, like I said before, I don't think he actually had any real positions. I, I think he. I mean, there were certain positions that he had that were build a wall. Horrific. That was the one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, but those were those were, as you said, influenced. I, I think much more Trump the man than Trump the politician. Right. I don't actually. I didn't actually see a whole lot of Trump, the politician. Now I would agree with I that. I did see that. I really didn't like Trump the politician any more than I like Trump the man. <laughs> See, but that's more on a policy level basis, and I think that's that's totally fine. I mean, you can think yeah. whatever you want about whoever you want. Um, I just a big part of how I vote is not just what your policies are, but also what kind of a person are you. And mm. I would rather have someone who is a good person that I genuinely think is trying to do their best, who I disagree with than someone who I agree with, but I think is a despicable human being. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so, like, I mean... I, I think I agree to an extent. I, I, I think... Um, yeah. There I are mean, certain cases where, you know, people have messed up as people and still been very good politicians. Yeah. Right. I mean, look at 
John F. Kennedy. Yeah. Right? And did some really adulterous, morally wrong things, but still did a lot of good things as a president. I mean, I don't know that anybody could have handled the Cuban Missile Crisis the same way that he did. Um, Mm. You know, of course, every president's got pros and cons. But, yeah, I I think you'd be hard-pressed to find a president or any person who could run for president who is a perfect mixture of like your policies and like you as a person overall. I think you're always going to have some amount of dislike on both. Yeah, I I would agree. Um, Should we, should we uh, move on to our closing segment? Sure. Yeah. Let's talk about your predictions. How how did you do? Uh, So, well, before we go into this, uh, let's explain what we're doing. Yeah. That's smart. uh, Cameron and I have decided uh, each each episode we're gonna uh, each write down five predictions on uh, what the other's uh, position is going to be, and we're still figuring out kind of what the what the stakes are um, and you know how we're gonna structure it. But um, we're gonna at some point we'll tally up you know who has won each episode and we'll do something with that. So my predictions are, uh, my first one was that you'd bring up, uh, Biden holding on to classified documents, which I don't think. Oh, I did not. No, but here's the thing. Like, okay. I don't want to dig into that too much. I do think that's bad, but almost, I bet you that's something that every president has done and we're just now finding out about it. So like, yeah, I it's, it's be like mad. the Henry's email thing. Like yes. she is not the first Secretary of State to have a private server. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. So okay. So I did not get that one. Okay. Uh, All right. Which is really surprising. Um, I totally forgotten about that. <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, it just goes to show you how many other things we have. Uh huh. Right. All right. Keep going. Uh, so my second one was that uh, you would your like main reason for being against Biden running again would be due to his advanced age. Ah, uh, all right, yeah. I think I think that's you know pretty safe. I'll to give say, you that. In fairness, that was my reason too. Yeah, so. I mean, I also don't like some of his policies. I don't like a good amount of his policies, but I feel like it's less him and more the Democratic platform as a whole. Yeah, but yeah, I would give you that one. That's okay. fair. Uh, the second one, which you you did, you you got it in there right at the last second. Oh no! Uh, it's that uh, the reason that you don't want Trump to run is because he is uh, an amoral person. Oh yep. Gosh darn it. Uh, uh, I had that. Well. I'm going to leave this up to you because sure. I, I feel like this may just be a rewording of mm-hmm. uh, the thing about Biden's advanced age. Um, I said uh, that you would want somebody younger and more moderate to run on the Democratic ticket so that you wouldn't have to vote for Trump and you wouldn't have to abstain from the vote. I, I would almost give you that one. Not because I think it's different enough, but I don't know that I said I would want someone yeah, more moderate so I could yeah. vote. I won't I won't count that. Because I could always vote libertarian or green <laughs> if yeah. I wanted to. Uh well, okay, and this one I'm gonna I'm gonna bend the rules, but there's a okay. reason. Sure. Um if not Trump, who would you like to see run on the Republican ticket? Or who would you like to see get the uh, Republican nomination? I'll be honest with you. This is a two-part answer. The first part is I haven't paid enough attention to the current Republican body on an individual basis. I've been doing, you know, the bigger yeah. things, the, the the party platforms and movements, but mm-hmm. I haven't been paying attention to what the individual ones are saying as much. I don't but know if you that I pick one person right now. I don't know that I would. I want that to be clear. First and foremost, the the people who are who are either announced running or rumored to run wouldn't choose any of them. Okay, because okay. I know you want me to say uh, Ron DeSantis or whatever the Florida guy no. is. 
No, no? that's not who I guessed. Really? You were going to guess Mitt yeah. Romney then? Is that your second option? No. No, really? No. Oh, gosh. I think I think that I actually will surprise you. And okay, I let's think hear it. Maybe actually, no, no, no. You tell me first. No. If you had to that, pick one person. Me. <laughs> okay. I was going to say Liz Cheney. No, 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 not really. Uh, I'm very, not that I have anything specifically against her. I just don't know that she would do well in the election. Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. All right. Was that all of yours? Was that all five? Yep. That was all of mine. So I got, um, I got two. Okay. I got, I got two as well. And I know you did not do the other so one i figured that you would support biden but not necessarily like him as the main choice okay yeah okay i got easy one here that you would just hate trump with a fiery passion of a thousand sons yeah um those are the only two i got the ones that i missed is i thought you would be more easy on the no debates thing oh okay Interesting. I thought you would have been like, I don't like it, but it's not the worst thing. Cameron, I started a, d- a debate podcast with you. Yeah, of course well, I'm going to side with debates. I have been sick all day, so I'm not functioning at 100%. In hindsight, yeah, that's not the sure best prediction not, to make. <laughs> are you sure that's not from your advanced age? Now that you're 30? <laughs> My brother called me. And he did the, hello, can you hear me? Grandpa, can you hear me? Oh, God. That sounds like Parker. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Anyway, so the other two is I thought you were going to say orange or orange man somewhere in there. Oh. You kept it more professional than I anticipated. I was trying to be as, uh, yeah, I was trying to be professional. It was all my best behavior. Yeah, darn you. You messed me up. And the other one. one time. The other one was, uh. I, I was hoping you would make a comment about Trump's hair. Oh no, that's 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 uh, that would be a hack joke. Yeah, it's low hanging fruit. Again, not yeah. my best, not my best day of predictions. Yeah. <laughs> well, okay, right, so tied. we tied for our first one. Yeah, one to one. All right. Well, uh, thank you uh, for anyone who is listening to this. We're watching because uh, we're going to post it to watching. YouTube, right? Yeah. Both. Yeah, uh, I think uh, you, you'll be able to find us on any of the uh, audio streaming platforms: uh, Stitcher, uh, Spotify, iTunes, um, and of course, you can find the video on YouTube. Um, and with that, uh, would you like to give us our sign-off? Sure. Always remember, it's pronounced Worcestershire. Have a good day. All right.